Thank you for joining us wherever you are. This podcast episode is brought to you by the Old Ways Actual Play Team. This actual play uses the 7th edition Call of Cthulhu tabletop role-playing game rules by Chaos. This actual play is performed by adults and in an adult setting. While we try very hard to stick to language for all ages, listeners should know that this podcast may include mature themes. All content, including names, places, events, companies, and etc. that may bear resemblance to entities living or dead is strictly coincidental. My name is Michael Diamond, and for tonight's game, I will be your keeper. Hello again, and thank you for joining us on the Old Ways Podcast. My name is Keeper Michael, and you have joined us for another episode of Horror on the Orient Express. We return to our tale in Trieste, where several of our investigators are delving deeper into a strange and mysterious set of caverns. And so we have a truncated group for you today for this episode. And so I'm going to begin introductions to my right. Hi, this is Miranda and I play Maggie Bellinger and my simulacrum senses are tingling today. Mm, Indeed they are. You've uh, reached out very recently and spoken with, we'll just say a dear old friend, far older than you probably even know, and uh, he's given you some smashing insight and you are taking him up on it, yes? Oh, of course. Absolutely. At the end of the table. Oh, this is Giles, and I'm playing Simon Griffith, and once again, Simon is in a cave with the professor and Miss Maggie, and this does not bode well. No, you have been in this situation before, and I gotta tell you, Simon, you're very concerned about being underground with them again. Uh, And last, but certainly not least. I'm Martin, and I'm playing Richard Courtney, and poor old Richard's wondering what he's doing in a cave again. He, He swore he'd never go down another one. At least not here. Yeah, um, I think that that's a fair assessment. I mean, after all, it's, you've had just a, a, an amazing night previously, right? You've found uh, something very, very interesting out about your friend Anton. You've, we'll just say, borrowed his car. You've managed to find a wonderful new pistol. Uh, it's like you're a secret agent. Suddenly you're mopping about in caves again. To that end, we're going to raise the curtain tonight. And before we do, I think our investigators deserve a luck refresh. And so I'm going to invite them, just as I did in their introductions. So we'll start with Miranda. We'll start with Miss Bellinger and have her roll luck. I did. I rolled a 54 over 5. Ooh, 54 over 5. All right, then. You may take 16 points of luck. A very, very fruitful experience. All right, Simon, roll luck. Simon passed his luck roll with a five. <laughs> That's okay. It's okay. You still get luck, though. You still get luck. Uh, so you can still take nine points of luck. Not bad. And uh, Professor, if you would. So Richard has 37 luck. And rolled a 69. Oh, very nice. All right. Very nice. So that, oh, splendid. Um, So, Professor, I'm oh. going to give you 20 points of luck. Good Lord. <laughs> 2d10. Nice. Mm-hmm. Indeed. And so, with our 
Investigators, luck a bit refreshed now, they're going to head deeper into the caves. And so as they do, what I'd like to know, with Miss Bellinger already bolting ahead, are any of you gents going to go after her? Richard is slightly put out after um, hearing the conversation between Maggie and uh, whoever it was, the, the Comte, and uh, but he will anyway. Of course he will. Probably only a momentary uh, frustration she's venting. It's been a very trying time for her. Uh, and then for you, Simon, what's the plan of action then? Well, Simon is currently concerned because there's p- potential figures coming in close and Maggie's bolting on ahead. Professor, uh, are you going to go after Miss Maggie or do you need me to? We we have people coming in from behind, remember? Oh, I, I mean, she, she seems somewhat possessed and oh, I don't know. I'm talking to some vision and um, I think she was quite... Um, well, anyway, yes, I, I think we should... Uh, she, she's going to get in all kinds of trouble if we're not careful. Does that mean that you are going to follow her or just sit here being English? Oh, yes, of course I am. Come on, yeah, you, you should come with us. All right, I'll bring up the bag. That way I can uh, cover us in case anything happens. You go be yourself, Professor. Uh, I'm sure there's plenty of rocks to hand down here as well. Don't worry. Maggie, tell me, mm-hmm. in your, we'll say brash, American move ahead, how are you proceeding specifically? Are, are you trying to stay where the tracks lead, or are you moving off the tracks to try to go through the stalactites and stalagmites that are here? Uh, as long as I can sail like along the right side, I I don't necessarily need to go through i think i would stay kind of on the path but keeping an eye out for something that may veer off to the right that's not on the usual path that people travel if that means like feeling along the walls or making sure i'm kind of shining my light in that direction if i need to yeah so the the main path that's here is pretty well open actually Uh, they've taken these these train tracks here these really trolley tracks because it's nothing more really than two two seat cars that move forward and backward throughout the underground passageway here sticking to them really is probably your best bet because the space they afford you to move is a lot better when you move off or when you glance with your torch just left into the right you get an, an amazing amount of really creepy visuals from the rocks here mm-hmm. and so some of them look like bunched up teeth that have come together really long sharp fangs there's one that you pass your torch over i mean your brain sort of envisions it as a beheaded person it's a little frightening to be down here but in at the core of you you still feel that pull that tug of the temperature down here there is absolutely something down here yeah uh and it's roughly about just for everyone's sake it's about nine centigrade down here so you're below 50 degrees the air is thick and very humid it's definitely a a waterlogged cave i think seeing these slightly startling visuals maggie's thought is these would look great in a travel book so she might pause just briefly ones that look particularly frightening and snap a quick picture okay so, Richard, you find Maggie probably 50 or so yards down, standing next to 
a series of stone, you know, stalactites and stalagmites that have come together in this vicious looking maw. And she's taking casual pictures of it. Um, I rather think you should have a photo of yourself in, uh, in this cave. Um, why, why, why didn't you give me the camera and step over there? I can take a photo of you. It, it, they, they look rather like teeth, so perhaps um, you, you could pretend you're being eaten. Well, that's, that's what I was thinking when you mentioned that, Richard. Uh, so I'll hand him my camera so that I can pretend to be eaten by the teeth. Okay. Uh, the mechanics of the camera are fairly simple, Richard. They're not too terribly difficult. You know how to operate one. You point the camera and give it a good click. Why don't you make me a spot hidden roll when you look through the camera, though? Oh, dear. So Richard has a spot hidden of 77 and rolls a 56. So when you look through the, the viewfinder, that, that glass piece on the camera to get a good click of this picture of Maggie next to this stone beast that you're already sort of imagining as a full page spread on one of her travel travel guides. You click the picture and in the instant you push that button down inside that view you see tendrils of smoke that almost look like hands that are wrapping them themselves around her body. Really big arms that are trying to grab her. And so what I'd like from you is a sand roll. Fair enough. So does Richard see these things after he sort of takes the camera away? It's not just some trick of the... No, we're, we're going to find out. That's a 15, so that's a good success. Okay, yeah, you pull the camera down and you, you don't see them anymore. You swear you saw them, though. I, uh, when I was looking through the viewfinder, there was some smoky arms and hands trying to grasp you. Oh, there's all sorts of tricks of the light down here. That's what it looked like earlier when I was shining my flashlight around. It's it's, it's interesting. I thought I saw a decapitated body even. My word. Maybe, maybe you've got some, um, I don't know what it would be, but uh, dust or, or maybe some moisture in, in, the, in between the lenses. Perhaps that's what I saw. I don't know. Oh, it was most off-putting. We could take a look at it later. Then, what, uh, Richard? We've we've uh, we've spent enough time here. We have to, we must keep going. Ah, uh, yes, I, I suppose. Uh, here, have your have your camera. I I wouldn't want to drop it. Is it. I imagine Maggie taking the camera and then also just grabbing Richard's arm and pulling him off. Here we go. <laughs> yeah, whatever bothered her before Richard seems to have passed. So uh, the two of you again are moving off towards the right channel, the right pathway here. Richard checks for Simon. Simon, are you, uh, are you still here? Bring it up the rear, Professor. You can hear his voice almost as this echoey. I mean, he's there. You can turn back and see him, but, but he's a quite a bit of distance. You hear the, the voice sort of bouncing off the walls. Simon, why don't you give me a listen roll? 60 over 45. 60 over 45. We'll keep moving. And what you see is this path. Take a very hard right. And as you continue down this path, it gets very thin. And so, Maggie, since you're undoubtedly the first person there, undoubtedly, I'm going to have to, I'm going to require a dexterity roll. Okay. 
to get through here. That is a six under 85. Ooh, with an extreme, you move through. Uh, This is a part of the cave. It doesn't look like there's a ton of space to move through here. Very tellingly, you moved into a space basically where only the trolley could fit through, but it looks like at some point during the day, maybe some of this has fall. Some of this, this, uh, some rocks here have fallen in. And so there's not a ton of space here. Mm-hmm. You are able to move through. Richard, it's a tight squeeze through here, Richard. It looks like uh, there's, there's been a small cave in or something of sorts. Oh, I'll be fine. I'm, I've not really eaten particularly well for quite some time now. But uh, anyway, I'm, I'm sure I can make it. Simon, when you pull up the rear here and you approach this scene, I'd like you to give me natural world. Unless you actually have the mining skill. No, I only have geology, if that would help. Yep, absolutely. Roll geology. That's an eight. Um, this is absolutely not safe. Could collapse at any moment. Miss Maggie, Professor? Yes, Simon? This is in danger of collapsing. Well, of course it is. It's already partially collapsed, Simon. Yeah, but it could fall on you. Yes, but someone could shoot us at any moment, too. No, I'm in the back. They'd shoot me first. Neither of you making me feel any better. I was concerned about um, people with fezzes, and now I'm concerned about caves falling in. And thank you for reminding me about the people with fezzes. Oh, Richard, it'll be it'll be fine. Shh. We just can't be too loud. Cause the rocks to fall. Is, is, is it like an avalanche? That's worse. It could pin you and kill you underground. Nobody would ever find you, Professor. Until it was too late, of course. Well, we can't just stop. Well, that also presupposes people know where we are. Keeper Mike, is there anything that I can do to potentially shore any of this up or reduce any of the stress? You could... You're you're a fairly strong man. You could probably move some of these pieces that are in the direct pathway sort of to their natural landing point. It looks like basically what's going on here is some of these larger pieces, they landed in just the right way to sort of block most of this passage. You figure that during normal operating hours, someone would have come and seen this and then they would have have brought a team in and just pulled some of this stuff to the side. But since you're here after hours, no one knows about it yet and you've encountered it first. All right. So to make the, the, the passageway safe for travel through, you'd have to move these rocks. That's a hard strength roll. Okay, I will attempt it. If the professor were to help me, would that give us a bonus dice? Um, yeah, sure. If he can make a strength roll before you do, sure. The only reason why I suggest this is being in mining, I would also know my own limitations on lift, so I would actually be able to propose that. Yeah, absolutely. And so I will just ask before you two make these this team roll, Miss Bellinger, are you continuing deeper into the cave or are you waiting for your compatriots? Oh, I'm keep, I keep going. Okay. Uh, professor, if it'll help you, I, I think that if you help me move some of these rocks, that'll prevent or at least alleviate some of the dangers here. Oh, well, yes, of course, then. I'm not particularly strong, but um, I, I will do what I can, which is an 87 over 40. So, so he has not offered you any sort of assistance, so you have no advantage die. But you are welcome to roll, of course. That's a 68 under 80. That is not a hard. I'm willing to push the roll for this one 
but I'm going to be careful with it that I'm not going to exacerbate a potential cave-in, but it is potentially going to hurt me, you know, pulling my back or something. Sure. So I, I would just say that uh, as any in any push roll, um, push rolls that fail are potentially very bad. Yes. Okay. Just so we're clear. I can't wait for you guys to dynamite me out of this one this time. That's a one. Ooh. Okay. So... Congratulations, natural one critical success. You manage in sort of a amazing feat to behold for you, Richard, uh, this very large, inordinately large piece of stone. Uh, Simon begins to struggle and move, and you see it almost tip his form back out of balance, but he steadies himself. You can even see the leg that he was wounded on really getting close to buckling under all that weight, but he manages to get it out of your way. And so that way you could actually pass through this now. Oh, do be careful. Um, I, 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 that must weigh, I, I don't know what, half a ton or something. Could have. Could have. Maggie, left or right? Always be going right. Okay. Gentlemen, you clear the first hurdle you can see that there's a little light to the right be given that the caves are so dark really any light at this point is a dead giveaway as to where someone is and i will have you both make me listen rolls do slow down maggie i'll try to keep up zero two Ooh. 82 over 45 still not working professor you hear something behind you i can hear something behind us simon uh, can you no, afraid not. Uh, I, I'm hearing the strap on my uh, Thompson here. Let, let me hold it tight and see if I can li- hear it again. <laughs> yes, give it, give it another go. Keeper? Sure. Is this you pushing a listen roll? Fine, I already said I did, so that's a six. Well, there you nice. go. Uh, yeah, there is definitely something behind the both of you. You can hear soft footsteps in the cave here moving towards you. It sounds like there are several of them. Can I assume a defensive position? You can tuck yourself behind the, the rocks here as they get to the, the thinner part, you know, and you could use that as a, a pinch point if you wanted to. Professor, take cover. Uh, Richard will take cover and he will pull his gun out and pretend he knows how to use it really well. You get the eyes of someone with steely determination, Professor, and as you do so, you feel something come at you. Ooh. You're not really ready for it when it comes at you. Because it's something you can't see, but you can feel. So the both of you feel a wave of wind come at you. It feels like the Bora. Even though the Bora is not present inside the cave, it feels the same sort of Bora gust comes at you. And I'm going to have you both make power rolls. That's 45 under 80. 46 under 65. Very good. Uh, so you both save, uh, essentially, which is good. So you both only lose one MP. If you don't have any MP, like someone here might not have any, that means you'd lose a hit point. Ouch. And so, Professor, uh, you feel breaks in your skin and a, a very debilitative effect, like someone punched you directly in the gut. Mm. Simon, you feel a wave of dizziness for a moment. Wow, that was unusual. I, I don't think that's what we heard, though, was it? It's unnatural is what it is. Could be hates. 
in front of you, just here in this section, you see the tiniest bit of dust from the cave floor begin to swirl in a circular motion, just on the floor for a second. And then it picks up and it gets higher. You see the dust come off the floor. I think we should follow Maggie. I, I, well, if, if anything is following us, it's got to get through that. And I, I think we'd be safer with Maggie than, than here. I agree. It is not a good time for us to be splitting up, but I'm going to be keeping my eye on this. You go ahead. I'll be slowly coming up the rear. Um, well, do, 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 do follow me. I mean, God only knows what that thing is or could be. Right. And do you want it to come up on us unawares? Well, we know about it, don't we? Quick. All right. So, Maggie, you've made considerable progress while this has gone on. Mm-hmm. As your pace has continued. Yes. You have also gone off the trail at this point. Mm-hmm. So there is no track here. In the in the darkness beyond the light of your flashlight, you hear whispers. Oh. You hear half words. Strange little bits of... You're not sure if they're sentences, but you feel drawn to them. At first, you think that someone's trying to send you a message. And then as you move closer to the end of this walkway, you notice it ends in a very tiny hole, like a tunnel. Does the hole go down or like straight? It, it goes in. Because of the shape and the size, you'll probably have to get on your hands and knees and crawl. Yeah. Um, because it's not it's not meant for someone of of uh, humanoid size to walk through. Yeah, yep. I I will do that. Okay. I'll kind of ha- like hold the f- flashlight in one hand, tuck my like bag with my camera to the side, and get down and shuffle forward, hands and knees. Okay. So to get through this, it's a bit of a pinch again. Um, so you'll need to make a dex roll to get through here. Okay. That is a 7385. Okay. You manage to get through. And when you do so, you can feel the walls here lose a little bit of their texture. They're smooth. Mm hmm. And it's almost as if they're a little damp. Not just from water, because there's no actual water that, that you're walking or, or, or crawling through. Mm-hmm. But there is a moisture that's here in this this tunnel space that's a little different. Yeah. So I'll leave you in that moist tunnel for a moment. Now, gentlemen, you're probably going to veer right because it's the last point that you saw her flashlight go. I'd give that to you. But as you get further down tunnel space here, you feel that wind pick up again. Now you don't need a listen roll for it because you know what you're listening for. But what I would like to give is an idea roll. Just Simon. 75 under 80. This reminds you of something. It reminds you of a, of a story your grandmother told you. There are an, an awful lot of stories from the Appalachians about angry undead spirits. You have stories going back in your family probably hundreds of years. At least a few generations, if nothing else. You hear that wind and this time when you hear it 
you hear it almost sing a type of song to you. And it reminds you of a story that your grandmother told you about an angry haint that all it did was sing sing songs to people and try to confuse them. And you think there might be one in this cavern with you right now. Uh, did my grannies also say anything about how to propitiate it? Well, uh, there's an awful lot of potential ways to deal with it. But what she, what she used to say is that some of the ways she would deal with a haint like this would be to sing back at it and to let it know that you're not afraid. And so she would spin up a family spiritual or something like that and uh, invigorate everybody. She's not here now, obviously. So um, you know that singing might be the one way to, to put this thing at an end. Well, Simon is not a great singer, but he's going to sit down on the floor. Professor, go on ahead and get Miss Maggie and save her. And he's going to whip out his harmonica. All right. Are you okay? That is a 35 over 27, and I will spend the eight luck to make that a success. Nice. Um, So you spin up the harmonica. Basically what you're doing is you are creating a distraction, right? So you are trying to show it that it doesn't, you don't need any music here. There's already music. And for you, professor, you hear something you probably have never heard, which is a harmonica, especially used in this fashion. Are you okay, Simon? What on earth are you doing? Simon is playing the harmonica and then he pauses, makes a slow chant or a, a sound and then goes back to the it's, it's almost like Appalachian blues style without much in the way of words but the man's gone and he's hoping that the professor just heard what he said before and does it instead of keeps hanging around listening to the harmonica <laughs> the man's gone crazy and he just shoots off down the tunnel after Maggie so professor you head off down the tunnel unfortunately by the time that you get there you don't see Maggie. You hear something crawling in this tunnel in front of you, but it's an awfully small tunnel. You'd really have to get down and, and crawl to get through it. There is no other way through the passageway. Oh, not again. She's um gone down another bloody rabbit, Warren. Here goes another pair of trousers. And he uh, gets on his hands and knees and starts crawling. You get on your hands and knees and start crawling. Um, and so what I'd like you to do is make me a dex roll. Richard is fortunately quite small. And um, before you make the roll, Professor, I am going to play a Hand of Fate specifically against your trousers at the request of a backer. (laughs) And so you will take a disadvantage for this roll. That backer knows who they are. I'm going to make a guess about that, but I'll keep it to myself. So that's 87, which is a fail, as Richard only has a dex of 50. So unfortunately for you, Professor, it's... You get about probably two or three meters into this tunnel, and the moisture here on the sides and the the floor of this tunnel seem to be soaking through from your knees up. And so you're, you're crawling hands and knees, and as your knees begin to get wet, um, you can see the the moisture. It's almost like you're 
almost like the fabric of these trousers just seemed to just absorb all of this moisture. Um, and after another good couple of meters, you're you're totally soaked. It's uh, it's really unfortunate that it's less, you know, below fifty degrees in here too, uh, and so it's it's a tough time. Uh, by the time you get out on the other side. Now those 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 trousers are just done for now. I don't know. Maybe we should have got a tailor rather than a doctor, but um, never mind. So, Maggie, you get through the other side of this tunnel and you empty out into a really large cavern. Really large. Mm-hmm. And there's something about this place that is astonishing. Not only just the stalactites and stalagmites that are here, but in the middle of this space, there seems to be probably a good 10 to 15 meters in front of you. There's a what you think is maybe a pool. It's tough to see here because the light from your torch is dimmed in this area. There's just something in the air here. It's bits of dust and debris that seem to be moving through the space here. And it creates this fog-like effect in the air. And so your torch is not nearly as effective in seeing this space at all. How strange. I wonder if I stirred something up crawling through that tunnel. Well, I'll, I'll head closer to the pool to check it out. You take a few steps closer and try to get your bearings in here. The closer you get to the pool, the dimmer your light gets. Until you're halfway there at this point, and the light on this torch is no more than really, really maybe just five or so feet in front of you. It's really absorbing all of that energy. Some may say this is a bad sign, but Maggie sees this is a very good sign. All signs point to the pool. Um, can I get down on my knees to look more closely into the water. Um, if I can't see, I may even reach out and touch it, put my hand in. So you, you'll have to work a little bit more to get closer to the water. You are having to sort of knee, kneel down or, or bend down a little bit, at the very least, mm-hmm. to keep from being covered in this atmospheric material that's swirling in the air. Mm-hmm. But you managed to get fairly close to this pool. Richard, you managed also to get out of this tunnel finally, thankfully, soaking wet now, sadly. And you notice very similar things about this space, this cavern. Your torch just doesn't perform as well here. So does this remind Richard of his vision that he had with the appendages reaching out for an amulet? A little bit. The feeling of the air. In the vision and in here, the air is very similar. It's foggy. Uh, Maggie, when I... Here's the device back there. I I, I think we're in this same room. You, you should be careful. There were some I, some sort of appendages. We were reaching out for, for the amulet. You shouldn't... Um, perhaps you should... Uh. Well, I think they're guiding us then, Richard. Well, yes. This is a good sign, Richard. They're, they're guiding us. They want us to find the pieces of the simulacrum. It has to be here. Yes, but but uh, we, we should hold it at arm's length and, and make sure that if anything grabs it, that's that's all it gets. Okay, Richard. 
Well, I, I, we, we've we've seen some very very strange things, and uh, yes, just 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 be careful. I will, as I'm like going to kneel down and get in this pool, <laughs> touch this pool of water. You're having to kneel down too. Um, yeah. In fact, I don't. I mean, I wouldn't say it would force you into a crawl, but you definitely have to kneel. And the floor in here is also a little um, moist as well. It's not as hard stone as you're used to. Maybe that's because of the pool water that's here. Mm-hmm. But the the ground here is almost um, a little squishy. Oh, it's so so like it's so strange. This the ground this seems to change, Richard. And there's a pool of water here. If you if you've come out, you can come forward. Oh, what, what do you mean? The ground has changed. It's soft. Maybe it has an increased sand content or something. Uh, I really wouldn't get any closer. I'm sure if um... I'm sure it's fine. It's all natural. Is is Simon with you? He, he probably knows more about the sand floors and the rocks changing consistency and he's playing uh, some sort of american handheld wind instrument and singing in a, in a most disconcerting manner oh did he find a, a chamber with good acoustics i've well i i wouldn't want to speak to the acoustic properties of the cave oh my god um he told us to be quiet now he's I, and he's he's tooting away on his instrument and Singing. Stan rolls both of you. Ooh, that is a 10. Under 43 for me. 89. Ooh. I'm going to assume that your uh, sanity is not 90, Professor. No, it isn't. It is 45. Not for long. Did you lose sanity last game? I'm going to say I don't remember. That's fair. I don't think I've lost a... I'm going to say probably not, actually, but... uh... All right. So, Maggie, if you'll lose a point of sanity, that'd be great. <laughs> Professor, just two for you. Of course. Oh, okay. You both hear just an indescribable type of voice. Uh, sonically speaking, it's very resonant. There's a lot of bass tone to it. But when you hear the voice, too, it also seems to phase through several different ranges and tones. And you hear it say, Did you bring the medallion? Give it to us. Us? That, that can't be the Comte. As these voices rack through your head, it feels sonically like someone's pounding against your skull with a hammer. Mm-hmm. It's as if they have no care for the um, intensity in which they say these things. Yeah. And you, you begin to see flashes of images and visions of uh, in one, uh, an, an older man with a beard and in another, uh, a man who wears a cloak with a hood up and in another you see a hand a lady's hand holding the medallion you saw lady elizabeth hold and that same voice resonates after the the final image and it says bring the medallion to us now am i correct that lady elizabeth still has the medallion she didn't give it to us did she no in fact some of you may have noticed i think i think actually the professor noticed if memory serves correctly, that Lady Elizabeth was acting a little strange when it came to her uh, affection for the medallion. It's a precious medallion. It, it's here with us, but um, it's a little bit further back in the caves. What will you give us as trade? Maggie, make a strength roll. Okay. Maggie is not strong of body, but mostly strong of will. 
I rolled a 71 on over 35. You get flattened. You're kneeling, trying to get close to the water, and it forces your shoulders and your and your chest onto that sort of, I guess rubbery is the best term for it now, as your net, your sort of collarbone and face come real close mm-hmm. and get smushed against the ground. You feel a force grab your upper body and force you forward and, and plant your face into the ground. Mm-hmm. And it holds you there. And in your ears, you hear, give us the medallion. I don't, I don't have it. It doesn't seem to care. It keeps yeah. holding you there. Professor, sure. uh, Miss Bellinger is ass over tea kettle at this point in front of you. And um, she's beginning to likely struggle under some unseen force. Well, as he can't see this thing uh, with his normal eyes, he's going to just um, pop the device on as if they were a pair of glasses and see what he can see. That's a fantastic idea, Professor. Terrible idea. He's got no magic points left, but he's going to do it. it anyway. Do it. Of course. In any use of the device requires two things. One, you need to tell the keeper in what lenses you're going to be using. And two, you need to tell him your intent. Uh, we're going to go for blue and the cracked clear lens. And the intent is really just to use these things to see whatever forces are really there pushing Maggie down to the floor to get a better idea of what's going on. Perhaps a solution. I mean, probably not, but certainly seeing it would be a start. Oh, Zero four. Ooh, I'm going to roll a d6. Professor, lose two MP. If you don't have MP, lose hit points. That's not terrible. Down to 13. Hmm. So you pull the glasses on, and what you see in the middle of this lake is, frankly, terrifying. You see a collection of the strangest lizards you've ever seen. These monstrosities in size seem to be sitting on different rocks in the middle of this pool. You see the outline of their form, the reptilian and scaled uh, appendages, big bulbous heads with massive eyes, and a strange series of irregular horns that run off the back of them and down there, what you think are spines they are a wonder to behold if you were a literary scholar you one might think that there's some sort of childlike version of a well some sort of child's drawing of, of a dragon perhaps although there's no wings on them at all um, and there are a clutch of them six in total and each one has bisected eyes that seem to blink very rapidly and you can see as you stare out into the pool, many of their visions, many of their gazes change from Miss Bellinger, who is still crippled in front of you, wiggling and writhing against the, the pressure of this force they seem to be exerting on her. And they move their gaze to you. And now you'll make me a sand roll. Ah, uh, I was waiting for that. Ah, 53 under, well, over 43. All right, so you've already lost two points today, Professor. Yep. Just kind of put that in, just kind of underline that. Uh, And I'm going to take five points of sanity from you. Uh Uh-oh. And now I'm going to ask you to make me an intelligence roll. Fortunately, Richard's intelligence isn't as good as you might think. It's only 60. Okay. 
Which is no help if you roll a 36. That's very true. And so you have failed the Bout of Madness roll. In the such, I'm going to go ahead and play a Hand of Fate against you during that bout. Lots of love for the professor at the minute. <laughs> After his trousers be damned. Yes. All right. So I have some absolutely wonderful dice that I'm going to use for a random bout. And I love them. And you will probably not love them. But that's just me. Full sound. Oh, interesting. All right. So here's what I'll say, professor. Growing up a boy in Cheddar. You read a lot of books, many books, in fact. And you've read some at uni, obviously, that were probably less than just the average mathematics books. You probably are a fair reader in your time. And you sort of become infused with the idea that these are dragons, and you are the person who stands between the quest being done. There is a maiden in distress, and so... You become invigorated to the point where you think you... No, not think. You are the hero of the tale. And now must defend your land, this land here, and any land you step on, for that matter, from the woes of dragons and the like. And with your mortal enemy before you, clearly, you must save this damsel in distress. This bout will last for nine rounds. You are very lucky that you have a fellow investigator here. Otherwise, it could have been in hours. Well, unhand uh, un- un- her. I-, I have a gun. I have a gun. And Richard takes his gun and shoots. You have your gun out already. And so you point the gun. And when you point the gun in your in your mind's eye through through the glasses, what you see is a beautiful glowing sword full of wonder and power. And you know that you can fight these things off, that nothing can stand between you and your blade. Absolutely. I assume then the professor will take some steps. He will. He will um, raise his sword aloft and uh, bring it down upon them, pulling the trigger. Sure. So go ahead and make me a firearms roll. I don't believe it. That's a zero eight. My... Uh, which is only hard on a yeah okay interesting 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 you fire I'll leave you there for a moment Simon you have been playing a beautiful southern bluesy harmonica very much reminiscent of songs that came up from the south and into the mountains it's one your your grandma taught you and she's fair or better at the harmonica although she had quite a voice for church and your plan is to push this haint out no matter what. And so since you have made a successful music roll, I think it would be interesting if you also made a power roll for me. Opposed, of course. Absolutely. That's an 18 under 65. Ooh. So 18, that's a hard success. Uh, yes. And it's not just this haint comes full form. And slowly but surely appears in front of you. It solidifies. And it's something that you've seen before. You remember the ferry crossing all too well. 
and you see this sort of electrically crackling piece of humanoid air, air formed into some sort of strange spirit, or perhaps the spirit itself, whatever the case may be, you see the same thing that was aboard that ferry crossing. And it seems to bristle at your presence here in the hallway as if it wants to move past you, but somehow can't. Why are you here? Can I help you? You hear a a relatively resonant voice come from inside this thing that says, you're not supposed to be here. We don't want to be here. We have to retrieve something and leave. We, We can be gone soon. Very, very soon. I promise. How much should we be gone in an hour? Mike, how long did it take us to get to this point, time-wise? Oh, I mean, probably 25 minutes. It's possible you could be out in an hour. With my compatriots and I, it'll take us about half an hour to get back out from where we are. Could you give us 90 minutes? I'll give you one hour, no moment more. We'll do our best, sir. I appreciate you taking the time to speak to me. Evaporates in front of you. I'm going to tuck the harmonica away and pick up the Thompson and zip carefully down the hall towards the professor because I'm sure he's not doing anything. And then I'm going to hear a gunshot, aren't I? Uh, yeah, uh, we'll time that up just just in a moment. So you hustle down the hallway. Mm-hmm. And so now what I'd like to know is Simon size is what? 70 or 80? 70. Okay. If you're going to squeeze through this thing, it is going to be a hard dex roll to get through this tunnel for you because you're so big. I'm going to try. If I have to leave the Thompson outside, I will. Okay. That's a no. 84 over 80. Okay. Can I interest you in a push? (laughs) With my luck, I would get stuck and no one would escape. Okay. I'm going to call down the tunnel. Professor, Miss Maggie, are you down there? Professor, you fire. Roll damage for me. I take that, you fiend! And he uh, does one hit point of damage. You see it for a moment. You slash at this creature with your sword. And as you do so, you see it strike off of their reptilian, that draconic armor that they wear. And you realize that this is going to be a long fight. I'll, I'll get you. I'll, I'll, I'll make mincemeat of you. So, Miss Miss Bellinger, while you're writhing on the floor, the professor, who's now talking in a very strange, almost just a, a Western in England accent, there's, there's just a bit of, there's something to his accent that has changed. And he seems to be invoking Knights of the Round Table, all sorts of stories, Arthurian legends. And he's firing almost indiscriminately around the room towards this pool. While you are pancake, head flattened against the floor, uh, you get a vision of him seemingly trying to defend you. And all, all you can see is Richard blindly firing toward the, his gun towards the pool. We could uh, we could bring you back the medallion. We don't we don't have it, have it with us. And our companion was not keen on um, was acting very strangely about it. You feel their presence sort of hone in on you again. And that same voice comes back and says, Retrieve us the medallion. Okay, but I, wa- I want something in return. 
I'm looking for a piece of a simulacrum, and if you could kindly point me in the correct direction, maybe I can do you a favor and you can do me a favor. We can work together on this. Do you know who I am? Make me a power roll, Miss Bellinger. 75 on the dot. 75 and 75 for power. Okay. Uh, You feel it just for a second. Just for a fluttering moment, you feel that part of your brain that you had gotten so used to the forward front divinity that you possess. You feel it come out for just a moment and then sort of untense, almost like a Charlie horse of sort, but in the brain. Regardless, Maggie's getting a little annoyed with this thing because I can't do anything when you won't let me go and I'm just here looking for something and we could help each other out. Totally understandable. You feel a tension on your shoulders ease and you're allowed to sort of (laughs) un- unstick yourself from the moist ground and you hear the voice say go bring the medallion and we shall have our trade I'll get up and start moving back towards where Richard is Uh, so at this point Richard uh, you have expended all of the ammunition you had in your gun oh no in your mind's eye you have dealt many grievous blows to them And as proof positive of such a fact, your damsel in distress comes closer to you. Clearly, you've saved her. What little they know of Sir Courtney of Cheddar. Well, that'll show you, won't it? I, they'll make me a saint, just like George. I've, come on, Maggie. Um, quick, escape, before the beasts get back up again. For your part, uh, Maggie, you have no idea what the hell he's talking about. No, I don't. But there are beasts here, I guess, in the broader term of beasts. Uh, yes, Richard, yes, we must go find Lady Elizabeth. We have to bring the medallion back to them. I'll hold them off. Look, I, I can see them over there on the rocks. There's six of them. Does he still have the device on his He feet? does, and he's actually bleeding from the eye sockets. Yeah. Like, under the mask itself you see that his the his face and now sort of is beginning to be painted a bit by lines of blood richard you're bleeding you have to you must take that thing off i'll reach out to take try to take it off his face i like that idea i don't think it's been nine rounds just yet professor but um she's trying to take your helm off and you know maybe maybe I guess I'll leave that open to your interpretation. The beasts have been slain and she's trying to take your helm off. What is she trying to do? Well, she's trying to see the face of her hero, clearly. You take it off of him. Okay, yeah, I'll take it off. He's quite the sight at this point. Richard, your face is a mess. Ah, it was a good battle. They uh, they put up quite a fight, but um, I showed them what for. Richard, they've asked... Uh, Maggie just doesn't even know what Richard's talking about, and she just is going to keep... Just glaze right past that. Um, Richard, they've maybe asked... Maybe they'll sing songs. Oh, maybe, yes. I could come up with one for you, Richard. Uh, but first, we have to get the medallion and bring it back in trade for the simulacrum piece. But I've killed them. Who, 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 who would you trade it with? Oh, no, they're still there, Richard. I don't know who you killed. The, the dragons, of course. Of course, but the 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 things in this room, the the uh, the 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 people that live in this mist, maybe the pond things. They they're still here. They want the medallion. 
we're going to have to get it off of Lady Elizabeth. Yes, yes, yes. We're all in good time. We, we should we should go back and um, uh, go to a tavern and um, uh, regale everybody with the tales of what's what's happened here. I'd love to have a good drink after this. So, Simon, you pick your way through this hole slowly but surely. This is something else. The ground here has changed as you continue to move forward. Geology? Yeah, go ahead. Happy for you to roll geology. 50 under 56. Hard to say how this ground got so spongy. Maybe the moisture, but there's there's something not right about this. It's more than just porous sedimentary ground. It's, it's atypical. Yeah. Uh, and then you hear a lot of gunfire. And you hustle along, because you know that can't be good. Oh, dang, they're going to bring the roof down with all that shooting. Uh, and when you get out into this cavern, you see some very similar things, right? Two very dim torches in front of you. You hear the voices that you think are the professor and of Miss Bellinger, but the professor sounds very strange. Miss Maggie, professor, are you both there? Uh, yes, we are, Simon. Uh, the spirit uh, told me, the, the one that I uh, stopped that was coming after us. You remember the electric spirit from the ferry that burned into the ship? Of course. Well, this is a similar spirit, or it's the same spirit, not sure. It's given us an hour to get out of here, so uh, I think we need to move fast. Yes, we are going to have to move fast because we need to go find Lady Elizabeth, get the medallion, come back here, trade the medallion for some alacrum piece, and then we can exit. So if we can do that in an hour, then that's fine. Doubt we're going to be able to do that, but let's get out for now, and then I'll negotiate with the spirit again. Uh, the, the spirit? You you mean the, the the lady of the lake? You must mean the lady of the lake. I thought you saw dragons. Yes, 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 but uh, my my sword would have... Um, I, I'm sure I remember getting it from the lake. Pulling it, pulling it. This was not, this was not a beneficial spirit, Professor. Well... Shit, well, this, this, and he, he looks at the gun and. Yeah, the, the, the barrel of the gun is still warm. And you realize then, oh, right. This is a gun. What, what happened? Oh, God, you're bleeding and your eyes hurt. Oh, my God, you're covered in blood. What happened? You have no memory of what, what just took place. Uh, are you okay, Maggie? He just looks around for some sort of. Oh, I'm, I'm, well, I'm fine. Um, they did hold me down back there. Um, but they've agreed that we just exchange, uh, the medallion for the simulacrum piece. So we must go fast, if, especially if we have to be out and back and out and again in an hour. They? Uh, why don't you keep talking and keep moving at the same time, please? Uh, okay, okay. So getting back out is not as difficult as getting in. It's actually much easier to get out than in in this case because of the way the cavern forms here and the way these things tunnel. The difficult part, though, past getting out is really the cold that for all of you now seems to be setting in. All of your clothes are are damp. Some of you are soaked at this point. And with the wind that whips through the tunnel occasionally uh, and the temperatures being, you know, sub 50 degrees, you start to shiver just a little bit. It's very cold. We have to move quickly. Yes. 
in the distance from another portion of the tunnel in the cave space, you begin hearing gunfire. And in this somewhat distant light given off by a, another person, you can see that there are people coming towards where you're at. And I say people in like multiples, three or four, maybe more. And they seem to be mixing it up with a couple of other people. Simon, since you have some experience in, in war times, you know what it looks like when two groups are fighting in the same tunnel space. And you know how ugly it can get. And you think that's what's happening deeper in the tunnel. I say deeper as in deeper through the passageways you're going back to. This is not what you want. Can Simon make out any of details on them? Hard spot hidden for everybody to pick out details. Because you would be drawn to it naturally. That is a 32 under 48. So not... 25 under 51. I just make a heart. Okay, Simon, 25 under 51. And 38 under 77. Okay. Which is just not... Uh, just just regular on the border of being a hard <laughs> almost hard almost Simon you pick out just in the the dim light here it looks like some of these torches have been dropped or in, in favor of being able to to fight very hard to fight with a flashlight in hand and one of these groups seems to be wearing exceedingly dark clothing um, you can see it here the other group seems to be just wearing what you would call sort of average everyday farmer attire. Simple clothing, but no direct, um, well, no direct color scheme. The other group has a definitive color scheme, which is do not be noticed. And there's gunfire up ahead, but you can also see that several people are fighting with bladed weapons. In the space in the tunnel here, there are definitively two groups of people that are fighting it out. You're about 25 feet away from that, and they, it doesn't appear that they've noticed you at this point. Maybe, maybe we should um, be quiet and let them, I don't know, sort it out, and, and maybe they'll disappear naturally. Professor, we've got a time limit. I don't know who's on whose side here, but I'm going to bet the ones in black shirts are not on our side for sure. Nobody's on our side. That's the other thing I'm thinking. I don't think any of these are on our side. Well, I suppose you have that big gun of yours. I do. I bet they haven't seen anything like that before. Oh, I'm sure they have. I'm just wondering if it'll be safe to shoot down here in the caves yeah. and tunnels. So you're saying we shoot them all and then leave and come back? That is an option. That seems pretty harsh. It does. I guess it'll be faster than letting them shoot each other. Simon, we can't just go about killing people to get our way. We haven't done that yet, and I don't think we should start now. Uh, intentionally killing people. Miss Maggie, I would never want you to intentionally kill people. I don't plan on it. Are you saying that you're going to go handle this situation? It's just me. I don't know if I get... How many are there, Keeper, Mike? By your count, there are anywhere between six to eight per side. It's hard to tell. And as the, the clock sort of ticks forward, um, some of the brutality that you can see from here is rather telling. You watch 
one man get shot in the chest. One of these men in black gets shot directly in the chest and he reacts to it. He covers his chest and then a man wearing the same sort of clothing jumps on the back of the shooter and begins viciously stabbing him in the neck with a knife. And there's there's blood everywhere. And then the most curious thing happens. This fellow who's been just absolutely throttled and stabbed in the neck, you watch as the, the man with the knife begins cutting into his flesh and he extracts a big piece of skin off. You can tell because it it's it's there's a huge amount. It's got to be as big as a piece, a sheet of paper. And the, this other gentleman who's been shot is barely getting back to his feet. And when he does, he accepts this flesh and clings it close to his chest and begins this murmuring that begin reverberates around the cave system here. We have to get past them. I'm assume I'm going to assume since there's anywhere between 12 and 16 individuals here, give or take any deaths that we're not going to be able to stealth past them. Correct. Probably not. No. All right. I think we need to kill the ones in black. They are performing magic similar to what happened in Milan. Yes. Go on. They're healing themselves with blood from the other people. Do you have your pistol out? I don't know where all the ammunition's gone, but yes, I do. They won't know that. Yes, they will. You won't be able to kill them with an empty pistol. What are you going to do? Throw it at them? Ah, I quite see your point. Miss Maggie, do you have anything? I don't think so. This is Miranda, by the way. I remember there was talk of me shoving a rifle up my skirt. um, Or me having a rifle. I think that was a different game. No, that uh, was, a, but I think there was talk of me having a rifle at one point when we were divvying up Anton's stuff when we were tossing so the joint. Too. I don't know if you took the but rifle I don't with you. No, if we took it with us, and I just I don't know if I would have the wherewithal to bring it in the cave with me. I was a little too busy with the just trying to get a get a, get a get a piece. Understood. Yeah, I mean you've got cover where you're at right now, so you could, if you wanted to sort of just let them sort it out for a minute or whatever and just see what happens. Uh, But you'd, of course, be running the risk that you'd have to deal with all of them that are left when you're done. Why didn't Fraser kill them when they came into the cave? Maybe he's dead. He could be dead right now. (laughs) They've killed him and they've come into the cave. It's entirely possible. They may have the medallion. They may have taken it from uh, Lady Elizabeth. Uh, Keeper Mike... Do I think if I used controlled bursts instead of emptying the rounds in the Thompson that I would be able to not bring down the uh, cavern ceiling? Um, Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, I could see that. All right. I'm going to I'm going to tell Miss Maggie, Professor, uh, here's my pistol. I don't know whichever one of you can use it. I'm going to move forward and we're going to have to start taking out these black shirted fellows. They may be fez wearing people without their fezes. Cunning. So, um, Simon, you step forward with the Thompson and sort of ready the drum. Mm-hmm. Lock the slide. There's a very distinct noise for all of you who've never been close to a, a weapon of war, which would be everybody here but Simon. Um, when the slide gets racked on that Thompson, it it's terrifying 
And for, for you, Professor, even more so because, um, unfortunately, because of your education and your somewhat um, knowledge, knowledge when it comes to um, mechanisms, you know exactly how much damage that gun could do. And as he steps further closer to what to the battle, you almost don't want to look. But I think that is a perfect place to end our episode. And so when we pick up next time, we'll see just how well Mr. Thompson gets on in our cave system here. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of Horror on the Orient Express. We greatly appreciate your listening ears, and we'll see what happens. <laughs>